This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. The case we're going to talk about today was featured on America's Most Wanted, Unsolved Mysteries, Vanished with Beth Holloway, Disappeared on ID, and the docuseries Hell in the Heartland on HLN, based on the book by Jax Miller. This stranger-than-fiction cold case has stumped investigators for nearly 21 years. There's police corruption, drug addiction, possible torture and kidnapping, arson, multiple deaths, and the disappearance of two teenage girls whose bodies have never been found. Did police have it out for this family? Was there a cover-up? Revenge? Drug dealers coming to collect their money? Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through Welsh, Oklahoma. This is the disappearance and possible murders of Ashley Freeman and Laura Bible. So I'm going to start out by telling you a little about Ashley Freeman and her family. Danny and Kathy Freeman had two children, Ashley and Shane. So Shane was the oldest. They were a low-income family who lived in a trailer in Welsh, Oklahoma, like down a gravel driveway, by a creek. They hunted a lot. Um, Growing up, they were just good old Oklahoma country folk. You probably know some people like this, don't you? I do. I know country people. You're not like this. (laughs) Do you hunt? No, but my a lot of my family does. See, that's what I'm saying. A lot of my family hunt. I mean, so Danny, the dad, did a lot of odd jobs. He didn't really keep employment. He had actually a head injury where he accidentally shot himself in the head when he was younger and had major headaches and anger issues. A lot of people said he had a very bad mm-hmm. temper And so it was very hard for him to keep, like, consistent employment. So he did a lot of odd jobs. Kathy, the mom, was the breadwinner, and she worked in an optometry office. So even though Dad had anger issues, he did love his family, but he was strict, and he was very tough on them. Like, one time he shot at his children while they were running through the woods, Um. which is technically child abuse, but... So, he grew and sold marijuana to make money. Shane, the older brother, good-looking guy, super athletic. All he wanted was out of small-town Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. He started acting out, committing crimes, like petty theft. Like, he would steal things from people's houses that he spent the night at or whatever. And then it kind of escalated to car theft. And he actually stole his uncle's car and his uncle called the police on him to, you know, I'm going to teach him a lesson. So the summer of 98, he gets in trouble because there's a, he gets in, he gets in trouble and they're, they don't have cell phones, right? So dad yeah. takes the phone away. So he steals telephone cable and like hooks his phone up and dad finds out, takes the phone cord and beats him with it. Like, beats him bloody. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. A teacher notices this at school 
and calls the police. And dad is arrested and charged with felony injury to a minor. This bad. This is he's sixteen at this point, and yeah, it's it's really bad. So he has to go to court and testify against his dad. So a month later, around Thanksgiving, Shane turns seventeen, and he decides he's moving out. Moves in with a buddy of his. Mm-hmm. So in January, DHS comes to the house and says, you can't, you're 17. Like, you can't live on your own. You either have to go home or move in with a, an adult because you're, you're a kid. You're not, you're not grown. So he steals his friend's car that he lives with and a gun and goes to his grandma's house and takes a truck of hers and heads out. So a few months later, he steals a red light and poses as a cop. Oh man! And stops two girls and tells one of them to get in his car. Someone driving by sees this and calls nine one one. Cops come, and he is known as the Red Light Bandit. It's just he's just it, it's it's not he's not killing anybody, but he's definitely That's definitely committed yeah. going down the wrong path. Yeah. Yeah. He's not he's not doing any favors for himself mm-hmm. in the eyes of the law. So a few months later, he breaks into the Bible's house, who is his sister Ashley's best friend. He breaks into her parents' house, steals some guns in their truck. The next day, he ditches that truck, goes back to the truck he stole from his grandma's, and is driving Back home, and it breaks down. So people stop and offer to help him, but he's like, no, 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 I've got this figured out. Someone's on the way, blah, blah, blah. And around 4 o'clock, a cop shows up with his shotgun drawn, gets out, walks towards him because they know him. Mm -hmm. And they know he has a history of theft and, you know, having weapons on him, blah, blah, blah. Long story short... This cop shoots him and kills him, which is fucking terrible. Of course, there's no body camera footage or none of that stuff. Allegedly, he had a gun or pulled a gun on the cop, and that's why the cop shot him. The cops did not tell the Freemans for six hours. What did they do in six hours? They had his body removed. They took it to the morgue, to the hospital, to the morgue. Yeah, no, they didn't tell them for oh, six hours. They told the people at the morgue that the family had been identified so they could go ahead and process the body. Oh, no. There was no idea. To another town. They took it to another town over. Mm-hmm. They didn't. The family never identified his body, never looked at it, nothing. They already took the body to the next town over and processed it. That's fishy. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's it happened. Very fishy. Like I would not be okay with that. It happened miles from his home, where his parents were. Mm. They knew this is a small town. They knew his parents. Oh, yeah. They could have went. They could have gone immediately, but the ambulance and stuff didn't get there for like two hours after it happened. And there were neighbors who were paramedics that came upon the scene, and they were denied entry. They couldn't go up there and help or anything. No wow. one was allowed to touch him, help him, anything. That's terrible. Yeah, it's it's really terrible. And the police have the road graded like a few days later where it happened. This is January in Oklahoma. If you're not there, why is the road being graded? Sounds like a cover up. Anyways, 
You know, I'm a huge conspiracy person. So there were signs that were put up saying justice for Shane. Mm -hmm. They were removed. Ashley went and put flowers out. They disappeared. Mm -mm. It was just a bunch of bullshit. So when the, going backwards a little bit, when the police came to the family's house and told them that he was dead, they told the Freemans that he didn't have a weapon on him. But then they made the official police report and, you know, like media, whatever it's called, you know what I mean? Like a statement for the newspaper Mm -hmm. and all that. They changed their story and said he had a weapon on him. But the family all says that is not, they did not say they found a weapon on him. There was no weapon. Yeah. In the docuseries I watched about them, they say, they said he didn't have a weapon. Yeah. So anyways, it seems like there was a lot of back and forth between the family and the sheriff's department after all this happened. You killed our son. They say no. It was self-defense. Blah, blah, blah. So the police began harassing and stalking the Freemans after Shane's death. And this was reported by Kathy's friend, Deanne, who ends up being murdered. What? Yes. I didn't know any of this. Yes. So she ends up being murdered later on. Okay. Wow. Which is also very suspect. In 2000, the deputies did take a polygraph and they mm-hmm. were cleared by the DA and the polygraph. Well, we know polygraphs are bullshit, but they passed the polygraph and the DA cleared him and said it was justified that he had the weapon. Again, Nobody knows because it's just, it's someone's just word. of yeah, course, there's no body cam footage. There's no, right. Of course, you're going to save your own ass. Uh, uh, yeah. And if there's not a witness, of course. And so we're, we're not, never, gonna, right. we're never going to know. And it's not that we're cop haters. Don't think that we're cop haters. We're not. But in recent events, when there has been not only body camera footage, but also other people who have cell phone videos and stuff. Shit happens. It's not. Well, this kind of reminds me recently, kind of near where you live, a teenager. He was like, I, I don't know his age exactly. It's like 16 or 17. 16 or 17. He was shot. Uh-huh. Because he was. He was. Re- I can't even remember so what happened the, with him. Well, he story goes. Now, this is all, like I said, we were not there. His truck was messed up. That's right. And yeah. so he was stopped on the side of the road and. The brakes had been messed up, so he was reaching in the back of his truck to get, like, a a Mm -hmm. block of wood to put under the tire so the truck didn't roll. And when he reached in the truck, the cop shot and killed him. And that's been, yeah. It's terrible. Just too fucking trigger happy. Yeah. In my own opinion. Yeah. Don't come at me. That's No, I agree. Yeah. Anyways. So, almost a year later, on December 29th, 1999, it's Ashley's 16th birthday. Families trying to celebrate, but they also really don't have closure. Mm-hmm. How, how, How could you? you? And you still live in the God. same town yeah. and there's just bullshit mm-hmm. all the time from the cops and That's back and horrible. forth. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. How could you? I'm just speaking in terms of how could you live in a town where the people that are supposed to protect you have murdered, have murdered your child? Your son. Girl, no, don't even. You know, I, I mean, Mm-mm. period, regardless Mm-mm. of who's working, you can't trust anyone again. You know what I mean? It's I, just, um, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ugh. <sighs> Anyways, so, t- mm. so Ashley's best friend, Laura, had stayed the night the night before. 
and had planned on having cake and stuff with the Freemans before she went home. Sure. And they had spent the day shopping and at the pizza place and picking up the cake and stuff. Well, on their way back to the house, they stopped by Laura's family's. And Laura goes in and asks her dad, hey, can I spend the night? Again, he says, sure. She gets some clothes and shit together. And so they go mm-hmm. back over to the Freemans. So dad says yes. Mm-hmm. And they go back to the house. Ashley's boyfriend stops by and gives her a present and has cake with them. And then he goes on home. So around 540 in the morning, the next day, December 30th, two neighbors leave to go to work and they notice the trailer is on fire. I mean, it's dark outside. They don't have cell phones. Trailer's ablaze. Gosh, yeah. So they go to the nearest house and are like, hey, this trailer's on fire. Will you call the police? Mm-hmm. So they call 911. This couple, they head on to work. The neighbors go up to the trailer that's on fire. And the, I guess it's around 6 o'clock, the volunteer firemen show up. So the neighbors leave and they go back home. So CCSO shows up about 730 And a body is found. It's a woman in a nightgown with her legs almost gone. And bricks are around her head. And she's found on the waterbed or what's left of the waterbed. It basically Mm -hmm. protected her from the fire. She was in the front bedroom and it would later be shown that this was Kathy, Ashley's mom. So at 7.33, the medical examiners called an OSBI And they stop searching for anybody at this point, like the local police. Like, they just step back Mm -hmm. and are like, we're not going to do anything else. We have history with this family, so let's let the investigators come in. So, one of the cops leaves and goes to McDonald's, where Laura's mom actually works. And he tells her, hey, the Freeman's trailer is completely burned up. She's like, well, shit, my daughter's there. She spent the night there last night. So, that's how Laura's mom found out. The cop just pulls into McDonald's and is like, oh, yeah, we went up to Freeman's. Their trailer's burned down. They had assumed Laura was there because her car was there. Mm-hmm. And so he that's what he he went to tell her, hey, her the trailer's burnt up. So around 11 o'clock, the OSBI get there. At 3.30, the medical examiner gets there and takes the only body that's been found. Around 4 o'clock, they wrap it up for the day because it was getting dark and say that there's nothing else that they can do. So Kathy was found dead, but Danny and the girls' bodies were nowhere to be found. An autopsy was performed on Kathy, and they determined that her cause of death was not from the fire. She had been shot in the back of the head. And arson investigators also determined that the fire was started deliberately and an accelerant was used. You know, before they closed down the crime scene, they searched the rubble. They didn't find any clues. They didn't find any bodies. So they kind of had a theory in the beginning that maybe... Danny killed Kathy and abducted the girls or Mm -hmm. ran off with the girls. They had no idea, but, you know, he was a drug dealer of marijuana and possibly meth. Which, that's a, I mean, that's a smart assumption. I would have probably thought the same thing. And, you know, he he was known to have anger issues, so that kind of fueled the speculation, like, okay, well, he deals drugs. He has anger problems. Maybe he's on the run with the girls. Well, and he'd been arrested for his beating his son. So So they were kind of, they were suspicious of him. Sure. And Laura's car was still on the property. And her purse was Mm -hmm. still there. And the car keys. she hadn't left. Yeah. So even though a woman was dead and three others were missing, 
the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation released the crime scene from police custody. So in other words, it was no longer a taped off crime scene. We're done here. The public yeah. could go and, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Which blows my mind. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, not even 24 hours you were there looking through. And if an entire home is burnt to the ground, you can't look through everything. Well, they got there at what? Uh, what was it? Like seven? Mm-hmm. And by four it. o'clock, yeah. they're like, we're done. Mm-hmm. There's nothing nothing else we can do. Yeah. So They're like, we put in our eight. We're we, done. We're done. We don't have anything else. Yeah. So the next day, Laura's parents, Jay and Lorene, they went to the rubble to look for themselves for any type of clue. It took five minutes of them just walking around. They were not digging through the rubble. They were just walking, and they found something that the detectives missed, something major. They saw a body that was burned almost beyond recognition, and it had obviously been trampled on by the investigators the day before. They did a half-assed job. It was trampled on, yeah, and... Like I said, five minutes on the scene, they had they weren't digging. They were just walking and noticed this. And they're not trained investigators. No. She no. works at McDonald's. And Lorena immediately could tell it looked like a man, and they suspected that it was Danny. He was wearing sweatpants, a flannel shirt, a white T-shirt, and they saw boot prints down his entire torso. So pretty much where he was walked on by. Oh, my God. I mean. My, my hair is on fire right now. I can't. I just can't. I I can't even put into words. I don't know how they could miss something like this. They didn't know. No one knew. They're like, seemed, I don't know. Seemed very rushed. Maybe. Rushed. Rushed. Well, Jay said the body was plain and simple, easy to see. He couldn't believe no one noticed it. Lorene called 911, and Danny Freeman's brother Dwayne also showed up and saw steel wire coming out from his sinus cavity. Like you'd mentioned earlier, he had accidentally shot himself at one point, and he had reconstructive surgery, and stainless steel wire was used in his nose. So Dwayne was like, yes, that's that's Danny. That's What are the odds of the wire coming out of the nose? Well, they were right. The medical examiner determined it was Danny and that he was shot in the face. So now the OSBI thought the girls were hiding out somewhere. Like, maybe they were the ones that did this. Yeah, like, maybe Danny's temper, he did, he shot them, he shot his wife, and then they ran, or they were scared, or or they had something to do with it. They weren't really sure, but, So, yeah. at this point, there's not been any Amber Alert put out for these teenagers. No. There's not been no. any, any, they're not searching for these missing, they're children. I mean, they're yeah, teenagers, they're, but they're children. They're 16. She yeah. just turned 16. Yeah. Nobody's looking for them. No. Besides the Bibles. Their family. Yeah. Yeah, the family. So Jay and Lorraine Bible were just like, no, not good enough. You missed something major. We're not leaving this scene. And so a group of locals band together, searched the property and the land to look for the girls, which is just, Mm -hmm. it blows my mind. And Jay and Lorraine, again, not the investigators, but Laura's parents found enough personal belongings that were still at the trailer to establish that the girls most likely did not leave on their own. Mm -hmm. Like the investigators thought, her keys were there, her purse was there, $200 in cash, which, I mean, 
You're 16 years old. That is a lot of money. I'm 41. And, and this a is lot of money. in the 99. <laughs> this is 99. Yeah. This is a lot of money. And their IDs were still there. So mm-hmm. they weren't buying that. The OSBI did not post the girls' details on the national database as missing juveniles. So Lorene once again had to take matters into her own hands. And she had to make missing persons posters and start her own campaign to find the girls. Which is ridiculous. I can't. I know. How so, incredibly frustrating. I know. It's and just to feel so helpless that your child. No alerts that these girls right. are missing, gone, nothing on TV about them. There were no suspects. But three months before he was murdered, Danny told his brother Dwayne that if anything should happen to him to look into the Craig County Sheriff's Department. You know, because of what happened with their son, Shane, they had a feud. And, and there was the harassment. Yeah. And the stalking. So even though the shooting was ruled justifiable of the cop against Shane, Danny was still planning on filing a wrongful death lawsuit against the police department. And he should have. In this, But he died right before, or he was murdered right before he could do this. Yeah, so the police, as you know, took polygraph tests, passed them. Sheriff's office was ruled out completely as being involved in the murders. Well, confidential informants, including jailhouse snitches, started to come forward with tips about the girls. They all had to do with addicts, dealers, and meth cooks in the underbelly of the towns, you know, in the Ozark Plains of northeastern Oklahoma. Some confidential informants came forward and said they had seen evidence that the girls were alive two days after the fire at a New Year's Eve party at a meth house in a nearby town. One former meth cook named Randall told authorities that he heard it was a drug deal gone bad, that the parents were killed, the girls were abducted, said the girls were tied up, being drugged with meth, and repeatedly raped. Jesus Christ. It's it's horrific. And when you see pictures of them, you're like, they're babies. You know? They're, they're just turned 16. They're, yeah. They're, they're, like one day. Yeah. <sighs> And multiple witnesses signed affidavits that they had seen videotape of the girls being assaulted. One said they had seen a young, dirty blonde girl who was tied up by the wrists on her knees being sexually assaulted in a home that they recognized as Chester Shadwick's. Chester was a meth cook. Another said the girls may have been kept alive for up to a week after their abduction and that in the video the girls were tied up together and looked emaciated. Oh, my God. In 2001, the officers searched Chester Shadwick's property, and they searched a dealer's house whose name was Paul Glover. They found VHS tapes, roll of film, blood on the carpet, and a meth lab. But the blood ended up being non-human. So they couldn't find any evidence leading to the girls, and the investigation pretty much hit a wall. Until 2002, when a Texas inmate named Tommy Lynn Sells wrote from death row to a newspaper claiming he killed Laura and Ashley. So Tommy Lincells was known as the Railways serial killer and murdered a 13-year-old girl in Del Rio, Texas, the day after the girls disappeared. And this is about an 11-hour drive away from Welsh, Oklahoma, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Right. And authorities believe that Sells committed a total of 22 murders. This isn't a name I recognized yeah, off yeah, the I don't bat. Know yeah, 22 murders. So they're dealing with a really dangerous man. They took him from his Texas prison back to the county roads in Oklahoma, where he supposedly left the girl's bodies. Turns out he was lying. 
Shocker. He wasn't involved in the murders at all. I don't get why people do that. Yeah, there was a quote. I think it was on the documentary. Not everyone that confesses to murder is guilty, and not everyone who's guilty will confess to the murder. Mm -hmm. But he had been diagnosed with several personality disorders and was diagnosed as a psychopath. So for all we know, it could have just been his own sick pleasure. He did not care. He had al- he was already on death row. You can't reason with psychopaths, so who knows why he did it. You know, it's, we'll never know. He was executed in Texas in 2014 by lethal injection. Well, almost five years pass, and Alabama police arrested a man who was from Ottawa County, which is east of Welch, Oklahoma, for rape, murder, and arson. He was also on meth. So this checks all the boxes. His name was Jeremy Jones, and when the police took him in for the crimes in Alabama, he also said he had a, quote, guilty conscience over two girls in Oklahoma. So the morning the trailer was burnt down, Jeremy Jones was arrested 15 minutes away for being drunk and in possession of a syringe. He claimed that he murdered the Freemans as a favor for a friend over a drug debt. And then he took the girls to Kansas, shot them, and threw their bodies into an abandoned mine. So authorities started searching the mines, because that's where he said they were. They couldn't find anything. And then eventually Jeremy Jones recants his story. (sighs) Says, I made the entire thing up in hopes of getting better food and additional phone privileges in prison. Years pass. And in 2010, Ashley Freeman was declared legally dead. There were still no promising leads, but then Facebook was invented. The Bibles decided to make a Facebook page called Find Laura Bible, and the tips started coming in. In December of 2015, they received a tip to look at another convicted killer and drug associate of Danny Freeman's named Charlie Kreider. So Lorraine got permission to search his place and his old basement, found nothing. It's just, it seems they keep getting something that seems so promising, Mm -hmm. and it's a dead end every Mm -hmm. time. It just blows my mind. Two years later, in 2017, new investigators start working on the case. I feel like that's always Mm -hmm. a good thing. Fresh look. They need a fresh look. Well, they discovered notes from the original investigation that had supposedly been lost. They followed the new leads as a result, and on April 23, 2018, Ronnie Dean Busick was arrested and charged with the murders of Laura, Ashley, Danny, and Kathy. He was also charged with the girls' abduction and the arson of the Freeman's mobile home. So two other suspects, Warren Philip Welch and David Pennington, were also identified as being involved in the case but they died before they could be arrested. So investigators believe that Welsh was actually the mastermind behind the crime and that Pennington and Busick were his co-conspirators. That's just an assumption. Once the affidavit was released, it became public that these three guys were suspects from the very beginning in 1999. So what was their relationship to the Freemans? They were on on Everybody was on drugs? Drugs. Meth was the... Common link to Danny. Yeah. So he owed him money, pretty much. Oh, my God. All over that, yeah. So an insurance card was found at the crime scene that belonged to Welsh's girlfriend. 
and another of his exes said that he, Pennington, and Busick were all involved in drugs, meth, and that Welsh had admitted to killing the Freemans over drug debts. He told his girlfriend at the time he set fire to their home, abducted the girls, then killed them in another location. He said they were not initially part of the plan, like the girls, but they got there and they were there, so they decided to take them in. She also told them she saw Polaroids of these girls tied up and that he kept them with him in a leather briefcase. She said the bed that they were tied up in, she recognized it belonged to him and he was even in some of the pictures with them. Gross. She said at one point she took the photos from him, but then he threatened to kill her and, quote, put her in the pit with the missing girls. And Pennington's girlfriend also told the police that he had admitted to the murders and that Welch and Busick were the co-conspirators. Could you imagine your boyfriend or your husband confessing to murdering anybody, anything, literally? And I mean, it seeing pictures oh, like this? Oh, God. And, and it's a, it's how could you not go? Well, so... She was also threatened. So pretty much their girlfriends are all being said, we're going to do to you what we did to those girls. And they've seen pictures. So a friend of Welch's girlfriend told police she had also seen these Polaroids, but she was also threatened to keep her mouth shut. Another witness told police that Busick had bragged about his involvement in the murders. And this happened in 99. Now we're in 2017. All these people are coming forward with all their stories. So why, mm, it's just, according to the affidavit, Welch, Pennington, and Busick all claim to have raped, tortured the girls before disposing of their remains in a pit or mine shaft in Pitcher, Oklahoma. All three men were welders and meth addicts who were living in Pitcher, which is now described as a ghost town that's approximately 23 miles northwest of Welsh. It's right on the Oklahoma-Kansas border it's not too far from Joplin, Missouri, maybe an hour-ish. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know for sure, but not far. Law enforcement also stated they believed the girl's remains could have been, quote, dumped in a cellar that was later covered in concrete. I mean, so much time has passed at this point, 18 years. But could they not Could they not go with the... Um... You know how they have like the radar or the sonar things and look to see well, if they searched their properties and stuff and didn't find anything. So they don't know where the pit is pretty much. Or the concrete yeah, cellar. Yeah, they don't, they have no idea where it is. So Welch died in 2007. He was 61. Pennington died in 2015. He was 56. But 66-year-old Ronnie Dean Busick was still alive. He was charged with killing the Freemans abducting the girls, and keeping them alive for up to seven days. Oh, my God. So after his arrest, Busick told reporters he wanted to speak to the Bibles. On April 26, 2018, Lorene Bible, she did speak to him, but he denied anything. He denied knowing where they were. So why do you want to speak to her in the first place, you know? It, Just to rub it in? Sicko. Yeah. So Busick said they went to Danny Freeman's trailer. This is this is his explanation of what went what went down. Not that we can believe anything he says, but he said all these three guys they went to his trailer to get the money he owed, and that Danny had a revolver lying on the table, 
and that he went for it when they got inside, and because of this, Welsh ended up shooting him. So then, supposedly, Welch went into the bathroom and shot Kathy because he didn't want to leave any witnesses behind. They didn't even realize at this point girl, the girls were there. They ransacked the entire mobile home, stole what money they could find, and then that's when they set everything on fire. So the girls had escaped through the back door when they started hearing the commotion, and it was pretty much an open field. There wasn't really anywhere to hide, so they were lying down on the ground. Oh, my God, this makes I know. me nauseated. Can you imagine you hear shots, you know someone's dying. It's so your they're parents, just lying too. in the field trying to hide. Jesus Christ. They spotted the girls, chased them down, and captured them. And they put them in Pennington's truck, took them to Welsh's mobile home and pitcher, where they tied them up, shot them up with meth, raped them, and tortured them. Four days. We don't know exactly how long, but at least seven, which is so sick. He, of course, tried to minimize his part in this as much as possible, mm-hmm. but he's trash and can't, you know, he can't be trusted. Of course, he's going to try mm-hmm. to help himself. They're dead. He, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so sick. Even though all of these guys were on the police's radar right after the disappearance, they were never questioned and never interrogated before, you know, before this. I have no, there's no explanation for it. There's, there's no excuse. I, I, they haven't said, well, we didn't because of this. Mm -hmm. It's just, who knows? Which is, mm. Lorene Bible said, until they're home with us, this will never be over. On July 15th, 2020, Busick pled guilty to accessory to first degree murder. And in exchange, he was required to assist investigators with locating the remains of Laura and Ashley with a deadline of August 31st of last year. Unfortunately, no trace of them has been found, and Ronnie Busick was sentenced to just 10 years in prison and five years probation. Four people, torture, rape, kidnapping, arson. Mm-hmm. 10 years? 10 years and five years probation. You get more for... It's... I have no... Marijuana possession. Almost everything. There's no reasoning. There's no reasoning. And Lorene and Jay Bible have publicly said, we're not finished. We're not stopping until we bring the girls home. There are still people out there who are afraid to talk, but somebody knows where these girls are. And for me, I need to bring my daughter home. Oh, God. So I watched a four-part series on that HBO show called, well, it was originally on HLN, but it's on HBO Max as well, called Hell in the Heartland. And Lorene holds up Laura's cheerleading uniform and says that, this is what I plan on burying her with when her bo- I know. It's like she just wants nothing. There can't be closure. But like for her, as long as there's the mystery of where is my daughter's body, we want her here. We want to bury her in her uniform. It's Ugh. just. It's horrible. This, like, this is has one of the, this like, is this one is one of the saddest horrible. cases. And it watching really the documentary, it's just, it's so sad. It really is. And one of the woman, women who's in the documentary, who's the true crime writer, she has the book named Jax Miller. She's in this documentary as well. But it's following mostly because, of course, the, the Freemans have been murdered. Mm-hmm. So it's following Laura's parents mostly. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. So the most recent article I could find was written just last month in October. 
Investigators began a new search effort in Pitcher, Oklahoma, with the help of a canine unit from Arkansas to look for their remains. They spent a, a full day of following the trained dogs, moving dirt in the heat, and it was empty. They came up in empty-handed, but they don't have plans on giving up. I mean, this was just a month ago, and it infuriates me that there's and this guy Busick is in bad health. I mean, he's been on meth mm-hmm. for. God knows how long, and he isn't helping them at all. Oh, it makes me so mad. I'm like, can we not waterboard him? You can't. <laughs> not re- not for torture, but. You can't reason with psychopaths, but I'm just like, why? Just tell them. It's, but they don't care. They do not care. This was a terrible this, story. So when we first started this, I thought this was an unsolved case. And a lot of people hate unsolved cases, and I get that, but. Mm-hmm. After learning all of this, it's so terrible. It's so... It feels unsolved because there's no it is bodies. Still, yeah. Technically, there's no bodies, but... Uh, but I got... I watched the docuseries. There's a lot of information on the Joplin Globe, People Magazine Investigates, local news. I'm going to link up the Facebook page in our show notes called Find Laura Bible. I encourage everybody to join it. Because that's really what sparked the renewed interest mm-hmm. in in the case. Yeah, yeah, in getting tips for this. But it's so terrible. This is just... The fact that two murdered bodies, trailer on fire, mm-hmm. two missing teenagers, and the cops are so aloof to investigating and just half-ass it. It just... I can't even... And the fact that... All three men were on their on radar. On the radar. So why didn't they once bring them in for questioning? I'm and confused. And why is there no, why was there never an Amber Alert out or, or anything? You would think. Exactly. Her mother, Laura's she mother, had to make the, the posters and billboards and everything because they weren't doing any. Missing kids are top priority, or they should be, with any and all it's because they weren't really thinking of them as missing. They were thinking of them as they did something. Well, even more, then go look for them I if know. you think they're fugitives it's, who have murdered matter. people. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. You're right. What they've done. It doesn't look matter. For, look, look for, for kids. Them. Look for kids. Yeah. It's, this case makes my blood pressure high. It's horrible. And it's something you'd like to think doesn't happen anymore, but we know it does. Mm-hmm. It just makes me think if this would have been an affluent family in Oklahoma, Mm-hmm. You bet your ass things would have been yeah. a lot different. Yeah. I just hate it. It's, it's, they're not disposable because exactly they're in rural Oklahoma and live in a trailer. Like they're, somebody know. knows something. It's a small town. It's like, somebody knows yes. something. I mean, Little Rock's not a small town, but when you live here, it feels, it small. feels like a small town and it's, and you know, they had local haunts or places uh-huh. they went. Who knows? Oh, yeah. They're building fires or whatever. And when people high. talk, yes. especially drug addicts, are going to be, well, like, like you said, high and bragging. Yeah. They were just threatening in their And wake. showing Polaroids. How does your girlfriend's friend see a Polaroid of a dead person? I mean, exactly. like, no. Like, you and I are great friends. I'm not showing you any Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> never, never once has happened. Nor, nor a VHS tape I might own. <laughs> I don't even know if you own VHS. If I do, you'll never know. I'm certainly not going to show. I'm not going to show Sam, your husband. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's It's weird. No. They were bragging. They were showing everybody. Mm -mm. It's just they thought, well, they were successful for a while. They threatened everybody. I mean, if you're 
on meth, you're doing something illegal, yeah, someone illegal. threatened your life, yeah. you're going to not want to talk to police. And I right. get that, but it's like once murder's involved. I'm out. Meth, I'm telling. But it's like meth is, yeah, that's not good, obviously. But if you're coming forward with information about murdered girls to police, they're not concerned about searching your home for meth. At least, who knows? Maybe they are in in this part. I don't know. And not that I'm defending these meth heads at all, but also look at the history with the cops. Would you really want to go to those cops with information that you might know something when they half-ass investigated, killed their son? It's a mess. And, I mean, maybe the cops were involved. Who knows? I don't know. It's plausible. You know, I'm a conspiracy person. (laughs) I'm pointing all the fingers to everybody. You did it. You did it. But re- I mean, it's. I'm just saying. I would probably be hesitant to. Well, they don't give a shit. So why would I? You know, why would yeah. I risk going to prison or whatever for meth when they didn't care? I don't know. Just my two cents. There's just not a great sense. No, of there's there's no justice, and it's terrible. No one feels protected. It's terrible for those girls. And her mom. Terrible for those families. All she wants is to bury her baby. I can't imagine. I can't even let my mind go there. It just makes me physically nauseated. It, it, this is like the first case we've ever done that I actually teared up during. This, it's it, it really just, bad. It, We're just terrible. watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is very, it's very sad. Very sad. If you know anything, text Lacey. <laughs> we'll link our phone number in the show notes. <laughs> But I mean, you can anonymously give tips. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. You can Mm -hmm. just tell somebody something. Write a note. Type a note from a library computer and leave it at the police's doorstep and run or I don't know. Do they have libraries with computers anymore? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. You been? Yeah. Why? So I was. I got. It's. (laughs) (laughs) She laughs. Oh my god! Now we have to. I was going to get a library card. Oh, I have a library card. Yeah, I was going in there, and I went inside. This has been two years, but I'm assuming they had a bunch of computers. But I mean, like it's public, so sure, people that don't have the money to have computers can Mm -hmm. go to your public library. Type it up there. Mm -hmm. I I don't care what you do. Anyway, I could go on and on, but we're linking it up. We'll share it. Join the page. You can help. Just, just join it. Man, this this case. It's a this is a heavy. It's a, it's a this doozy. is very heavy. Oh gosh, how do we even segue away from it? Where are we next week? We'll start there. We haven't decided yet. Now that What's we're left? down to the, how about New Hampshire? Have we done it? Mm-mm. Let's do it. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. It is. New Hampshire. Live free or die. That's on their license plate. I says love what? It. Live free or die. That sounds like a Die Hard movie. I love it though. Live free or die. That's weird. <laughs> it's hardcore. That's bizarre. Um, we have a new patron. We dun, do. Dun, 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 dun. Heather T from Kentucky. Hi, Heather. We have a lot of Heathers in our two. Oh well, that's more than one. <laughs> We love both of you, all we of you, all the Heathers. All, we encourage more <laughs> Heathers, please. Oh, thank you, Heather. And, oh, our patron that joined that we talked about last week, Ashley T., that I was joking about is you. Mm-hmm. It's, so she messaged me. She's from North Carolina, so it's it's not you. But So now we have two Heathers and two North Carolinians, so we're like, hey, exciting stuff. We're doubling up. 
Charlie always knows when we're about to finish. He's, he's like he's, stretching. He's standing he's up. up. He's scratching. So it's November now. In Arkansas, it goes from summer to winter. It goes from 100 degrees to 40, and that's what we're doing. Literally, it's 45 degrees right now and rainy. It's it's terrible. I know Halloween's over, but not for me. I watched The Manor on Amazon Prime last night. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Not terrible. And mm-hmm. then I watched The Orphanage. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Not The Orphan. No. It sounds disturbing. I don't know if you'd like it because it has child death. It's no. kind of, yeah, it would probably no. be triggering for you. But it no. was. A, I'm a mom. I can't watch that. It's a Spanish horror and it did have subtitles, but I thought it was Mm-mm. a good movie. Mm-mm. Not kids stepping. It was kind of sad. But mm. It was. Well, Max and I, all Hallow's Eve Eve, watched Halloween Kills. How was it? I haven't heard My much about it. My seven year old fell asleep watching it. No. And then I fell asleep shortly after. Oh no! I, we have to finish watching it. We still like not, we not still like forty five minutes in to finish it. Had we, you taken a melatonin first? Nope. Oh, no. we had a we had a box of candy or a bag of candy, bag of popcorn. We're watching it. Sleep. Care more food about coma. The oh, yeah. Oh no. Well, maybe the ending is better. I'm hoping. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was good. Mm-hmm. There were some jump scares. Yeah. It was a lot of gore, which mm-hmm. I dig. It's a boogeyman. It's gory. Some jump scares. Mm-hmm. But I've yet to find something that literally makes me shit my pants because I'm so scared. It's been a long time. I need to find one. I've been looking. Can't find one. Not that I enjoy shitting my pants. Just, just <laughs> want to put that out there. But I do enjoy a good scare that, like, makes me sleep with the lights on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time for me, too. Really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'll keep searching. I'll keep doing the legwork and watching DM these movies. Us. <laughs> yeah, DM e- email us, with us a, if you have a suggestion with a movie real. that really scared you because I'm I'm mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And if you like us, subscribe to our podcast. Leave a review on Apple. Tell a friend. Lacey has a birthday coming up this weekend. I do. It's gonna be my birthday. I'm gonna be triples. Triples is best. How old are you gonna be? 33. I'm done. <laughs> I haven't even had my child yet when I was 33. Good, because I don't have any children. Here's plenty of time. Still- no, but listen, I was like 35 when I had Max, and I was still like, it's way too early. I should have waited. I feel like a child. For real. I'm like, oh, I'm a child. You have I so much time. Too much time left. 33 is the new 23. Hey, I. you know... Once I turned 30, I stopped caring so much about other people. It just doesn't people. matter. I'm way happier now in my mm-hmm. 30s as, than I was. I mean, the wrinkles, but you get my Botox. mood is better. My mood is better. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But follow us on all the things. United States of Murder on Instagram. US of M podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And we'll be in New Hampshire next week. Bye. Indeed. Bye.